1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hibs owner Ron Gordon says they did give Sean Maloney enough time And they rushed his appointment in the first place Mark McGee is going cold and hungry To sharpen his focus ahead of a big weekend of football And the PFA Scotland Lower League Player of the Year shortlist Have been revealed I'm Gordon Duncan Joining me tonight you've got Stephen McGowan And Simon Donnelly Simon just another quiet week in Scottish football Quiet week yeah we, We'll probably still be talking about it tonight uh, Obviously the two semi-finals at the weekend uh, The bigger of the two in Glasgow Obviously on Sunday uh, Rangers Celtic And yeah plenty to discuss yeah, From the referee to the performances So be keen to hear about the the Collins all about tonight. It genuinely has been a very busy week, even thereafter. Stephen, we found out we're going to have VAR. Yep. There's quite a situation going on at Hibs. Mark McGee's on a diet and turned <laughs> off his heating. <laughs> yeah. Scottish football never disappoints, I, does I it? I think he should have turned down his volume as well on that one thing. But I mean, listen, this every journalist nightmare, a rare quiet midweek. But you know what? The thing with Scottish football, whatever you think about the football. The rows are world class Absolutely 01419511025 That is the number you need So get in touch with the panel tonight Let them know your thoughts You can tweet us of course At Clyde SSB as well But Stephen McGowan And Simon Donnelly Would much rather speak to you On the phone So whatever you've got Any Hibs fans out there You've heard some very Very interesting stuff From your owner Ron Gordon Fair play Fronting up Very open and honest Says they rushed Sean Maloney's appointment They wouldn't do it the same way the next time they would take more time They says they did give them enough time Did give them the backing What do you make of that? If you have any thoughts on Mark McGee going cold and hungry To sharpen his focus I'd love to hear those thoughts as well And as I mentioned The PFA Scotland Lower League Player of the Year shortlists Have been revealed Some interesting names on there So 01419511025 I'm sure we'll get to it later on in the show But just since it is kind of breaking news today If you like Stephen The Hib situation's fascinating it is Ron Gordon funding up to the media on a Zoom call today from America um, Spoke very openly, very frankly Admitted the appointment of Sean Maloney had always been a risk I think admitted that he was genuinely concerned That Hibs may get themselves into a sticky situation They've not been winning many games They've not won a league game since February 19th against Ross County I don't think that was a real prospect They're 8 points off 11th place in the Premiership I think they look reasonably safe with 5 games to go but if you're not winning games, and I'm sure Simon will back this up, you can fall into a free fall pretty quickly. So I think they felt they had to act. For me, still too harsh. Come on then, 01419511025. Whether it is Hibs, whether it is Mark McGee's heating, whether it is the PFA Scotland Lower League Player of the Year shortlist, or anything else. If you want to change the topic, you've got something else from left field. Let's hear it right now on the phones. It's been a bit of an interesting week for us, Simon. Uh, because usually A game like Sunday Such a big game like Sunday On this show We'd be talking about it On Tuesday And Wednesday And maybe Thursday <laughs> and Friday And so on But last night was just so busy We had VAR We had the Sean Maloney situation We had the Motherwell Rangers game being moved So we, we almost Moved on quite quickly uh, On this show So it got me thinking It came up towards the end of the show And I'm going to throw this question out To the listeners to kick us off tonight Has Sunday's Semi-final Altered your thoughts on the title race at all? 
Has Sunday's outcome Altered your thoughts On the title race At all That might be a flat no You Celtic fans might say Of course not Don't be daft Different competition We're in the driving seat We'll go on and win the league I don't know Has a bit of doubt Creeped in Rangers fans Are you feeling a bit more optimistic Do you think there is a scope <coughs> to, to put at least Even a bit of pressure on And get a bit closer Everyone had it over A couple of weeks ago And it may still be But I just want to know Your general thoughts On if Sunday Did anything at all To change your thoughts On the title race Let us know right now 01419511025 What did you take away From Sunday Simon? I don't think Celtic were At their best I think that's What I took away from it uh, they got themselves in a position in the game At 1-0 Where I was still thinking Right okay They haven't really Played in this game They found themselves 1-0 up Is that the sign of a good team If we can see this through You know another trait that Hasn't kind of been Thrown at Celtic To kind of win ugly And Obviously the Carter Vickers You know you talk about moments in games Gordon The, the Carter Vickers chance Puts the, the tie to bed and unlike Ibrox, I think he, I think he does try to lift it into the roof of the net. Hits the, hits the bar and Rangers equalise a couple of minutes later. So I think the momentum in terms of the league, I don't. Celtic have had a fantastic run. They're six points clear, but it's a big weekend. It's a big weekend. Rangers have had their, their game moved to the Saturday, so they can apply pressure. Obviously, they have to go to to Fir Park and win. But you know, with five games left, this is where the pressure just intensifies again. And I think Celtic. Really have to bounce back quickly It'll be a difficult game At Dingwall on Sunday But they have to bounce back I don't have no idea I, I am not very good At predicting the future mm. Stephen McGowan Sometimes You know Games can change things And momentum can shift But at the same time The arithmetic tells you Celtic are very much In the driving seat Does it have any impact Does it, does it alter anything for you The outcome of Sunday It's just a seed of doubt There Which wasn't there before Um I just think Rangers have given themselves something to cling to. I think if if Rangers had lost on Sunday, I think it would have been real doom and gloom, you know, notwithstanding the European heroics, of course. But domestically, you would have been looking at pretty much the end of the season. Now, they could go to Celtic Park in two weeks' time. They know what they have to do, how they have to play to give Celtic a really hard time, how to get in their faces. But Simon's absolutely right. I think, I think, you would expect, despite the 2-2 draw last time, you would expect Rangers to take care of business at Fur Park, put some pressure on. The question will then be everyone looking at Celtic and saying, how do they respond? And it's not an easy place to go. 0141 I'm sure there will be a range of opinions out there and I want to hear them all. Maybe you think Sunday <laughs> has no impact whatsoever on the title race. Maybe you even think Celtic will stretch their advantage from here. Maybe you think it will allow Rangers to get a bit closer And there might be some optimists from the blue half of Glasgow That think that could be the turning point For an unlikely Rangers league win But whatever you think I'd like to hear them now 01419511025 David is a Rangers fan He is going to kick things off Does Sunday have any impact on the title race In any way for you David? Hi good evening Farrell um, yeah. I think the important thing I mean, I'm a Rangers fan obviously But I think it's imperative that Celtic win their next game I think if they win the next game, then we can Rangers can see the side to lead. But I think if the if, Rain, if Celtic lose or draw their next league game, then I think it could just put a wee seed of doubt into the Celtic side. But to be honest, I think if they hold a hand and a half, they're expected too much for, for Celtic to lose it. But if they don't win their next game, then I think there is that we could just cast that we see the doubt between our maybe the between our hearts are fluttered a wee bit. 
Yeah, that's a fair point, Stephen. There, there only are five games to go, so there's only, there's only so much time to make it up. You know, if this happens in early March, maybe there's more scope for it to, to be a turning point. Is David right then? A lot of emphasis on this weekend. Absolutely, couldn't agree more with David. And you have to remember, there's something about the Highlands. I think for Celtic, you think back to 2011, where they went up to Inverness, lost that game, and lost the title. I know it's a long time ago, but sometimes some places just stick in people's minds. And and even the last time Celtic went to Dingwall was a 96 minute winner, was it from yep. Anthony Wilson? So Rangers had problems up there as well. I think Malcolm Mackay has done a terrific job at Ross County. I think he's really got them in a really good place where they also have something to play for, crucially. They are going for Europe. And he's quite open about that. So I think it's going to be a really difficult day for Celtic. And as David says, they have to stand up and be counted and just take away that small seed of doubt creeping in. Yeah, I mean, Simon, that I, I try not to state the absolute obvious here that then goes to four games after <clears> that. So at, at that point, is that when, even if, for, by the way, for some people there is no doubt at the moment, but if there is, I'd imagine most of that disappears if you get to four games and, and the same points. Yeah, I think I think from Celtic's point of view, I think the reason the, the game's big at the weekend, obviously disappointment from last week. So you have to kind of pick yourselves up again. I think Callum McGregor got them in on the pitch, you know, for that kind of... Uh, show a strength They need to bounce back They've shown in the 30 the odd games before that That they're more than capable of going on runs I just felt for whatever reason Their attacking players weren't at it at the weekend You know, yeah, that, Rangers would need to take credit for that as course, well wouldn't Of they? course, of course I just watched the game the week before And it's no disrespect to St Johnson Obviously Rangers are, are tougher opponents But sometimes it doesn't happen and it, it didn't happen but they've, they've got themselves into a, a great position in the league a strong position in the league they have to bounce back they have to focus on three points at Dingwall and go into the Rangers game the following week with that six point cushion it might be more but listen every, we're, we're, yeah. we're, we're saying yeah, it's yeah, a given you, for well, Rangers well, that's the thing you're, you're almost assuming if there is going to be any turnaround listen, Gordon, it, it, this, it requires Rangers to win every game doesn't of it? the season with the pressure on and alright there's six points in it now Every game brings its own mm. difficulty. There's no easy game. It's a cliche, but it's a fact. You know, the pressure is intensified. We're down to five games left. There's no mm. easy game. Yeah. I mean, David, fair enough. You think, as a Rangers fan, there probably is too much to be done. You're not necessarily expecting it to be overturned. I'd imagine, though, you're you're more confident or, or, or given more of a glimmer of hope after the weekend. Is that the way it works? Yeah, well, I, I think we've proved that. I think over the last couple of games we've lost, we haven't showing the two Rangers. I think Rangers haven't, haven't expressed themselves on the park the way they should. And I think the, the semi-final Rangers, Rangers proved that, that the other two games were a bit of a blip. We didn't, we, didn't, we didn't play as well as we could. We, we had a great game. And I think we've proved that we, we can. We can go on a run win every single game that's left. And, but I think we need, to, we need to hope that the other teams can do us a favour and Celtic can lose a couple. Yeah, I suppose... It was important Anyway To get through this the final Everybody knows all that Stephen But if we're talking about The bigger picture The thought of Rangers going A third game In a row Losing to Celtic One at home One away One at neutral territory mm. you, you you need to to stem the, the flow At some point Don't you So you wonder if that Again it might be too late For this season We'll find out But you have to be careful you don't get yourself in that rut when, when it comes to the head-to-heads. I think it was as big for, for Giovanni Van Bronckhorst as it was for Rangers because I think you saw with Sean Maloney what happens when a big city manager repeatedly loses yeah. 
his big city rivals. <clears throat> would Sean Mahoney have been sacked if, if, if Hearts hadn't won both those games? I don't know. Maybe he would. Ron Gordon said probably. But the point for, for Giovanni Van Bronckhorst was that he'd lost two already. A massive amount of goodwill for getting to the Europa League semi-final. And quite right. But if you keep losing to Celtic, your position becomes extremely difficult. And he's really given himself a big boost because partly of his substitutions on Sunday. When he brought on Arfield and he brought on Stephen Davis and he had a game-changing contribution, Fashion Sakala, whether he touched that ball or not, he had an impact. So, again, Giovanni Van Bonkers, when he really needed it, bought himself immense goodwill from his supporters. Uh, OK, 01419511025. That was David. Thank you very much. What about Jamie in Glasgow, who's a Celtic fan? Any doubt creeping in, Jamie, after Sunday or is it going to be too much of your team home and hosed? I don't think so, Duncan. Thanks very much for taking my call. Um, my first t- first time caller. Um, no, I, I don't think so. I think no matter what happened at the weekend there, I think in terms of league, the league situation, I think um, Angel um, be just non-stop with his players. I think the only worrying thing is the actual injuries that the, the, the Celtic players picked up at the weekend. They kind of Juranovic and, and Carter Vickers if they're... Um, they're going to be fit for the weekend because they've been obviously important players for Celtic throughout the season. Um, but I think in terms of just overall, I think obviously you're getting beat at the weekend. It's obviously the whole kind of psychological side of the game that if Celtic are going to pick up the three points or not. But I think you know, I think Angie's a perfect manager for just keeping the players calm. Um, they know what's at stake. You know, I think he came out after the game and said that that the, the remaining games are important anyway. So, I, I think it's. I think no matter what happens at the game with Rangers at the weekend, I, I think it's still gun ho for Celtic. I don't think there's going to be any um, change or or anything whatsoever. Yeah, it's a good point about the personnel. I mean, yep. for both, I, I take it. Well, Aaron Ramsey's season is is close to over. That's you'd have to assume. Um, Jamie's trying to add up. You know, Carter Vickers wasn't moving well. Was that just cramp? Juranovic yeah, looked to be something yeah. more serious. Yeah, I think that that is a concern, uh, and and you know it might be a, Celtic had to shuffle the pack. I think twice in the in the last thirty minutes, certainly in the back four. So yeah, that is a wee concern because up until then, Ange looked as if he was getting you know a full house back. I think it was uh, James Forrest was back, Kyogo was coming back. The only one that they were they were missing from the, the previous week was uh, Jackie Marcus. So I'm not sure the extent of his injury if he'll be back in the fray for the weekend. Beat on as well. He'd be, he'd be Beat useful on. to get him back. Yeah, then, so they, they, they're going to have to adjust again. But I, I agree with Jamie. I don't think Ange will change his approach. Uh, I don't think they will lose any focus. But it is a big game. It is a big game and you don't want to give uh, your rivals any encouragement at all at this stage of the, the season. I thought... Interesting phrase Jamie used there, he said Ange will be non-stop and I think that was one thing that came out on Sunday which maybe would worry people slightly is that the legal looking team were Celtic. Mm-hmm. You know Rangers after 120 minutes against Sporting Braga, you would have expected all the narrative before the game was that they would be tired and sure enough when Celtic went ahead it looked as if Celtic might just hold on and might have more legs but actually Rangers came again and say big substitutions and Celtic looked pretty leggy and I, I just wonder players like Rio Hatate uh, Dyson Maeda who've played a full G-League season I just worry that there may be an L at a point where eventually the kind of high intensity high pressing game begins to tell 
And that's another reason why people will be looking on Sunday to, to keep a close eye on Celtic to see if what happened against Rangers was, was Rangers forcing them into that kind of tiredness, if you like, and how much was a mm. general malaise. Well, it's funny, I don't know if you noticed those comments from Rio Hitati coming yeah. from yeah. Japan today uh, yeah. for Sportiva. Um, a journalist called Dan Orlovitz shared them on mm. on Twitter as well, speaking about you know the the, the tiredness. Ultimately, uh, since his debut against Hibs, I felt the intensity. Um, uh, what was it for the first time? I felt emotional and physical fatigue. It's been three months since I arrived in Glasgow, mm. getting used to a new environment. Mm. Uh, you know, there were times in Japan I could refresh and take myself for a mental break, but that's difficult when we're playing so frequently. Um, he speaks about his first training session, seeing two footballs and realising he was jet lagged and so on and, and so forth I definitely feel tired but I want to keep going doing whatever I can to help the team win the league I think I'll be tougher and stronger as a result yeah it's, listen he's a young player uh, new experiences at a club the size of Celtic he came in hit the ground brilliantly I was at his debut he was superb he popped up with a couple of goals against Rangers he scored through at Tynecastle you know the kids get a, a big future but yeah he might be feeling a little bit it's up to the guys, the coaching staff to identify that and, and maybe freshen up at the weekend. They've certainly got depth in that midfield area. But it's maybe fairness, you know, sometimes players just feel it a wee bit. I certainly thought he looked off from the start of the game. I think he got caught on the ball in the first couple of minutes. I think it was, Good it was a chance for Lundstrom, wasn't it? And he never really got out of that after that, for whatever reason. It certainly wasn't his best performance. But yeah, young player, still yeah. finding his, his feet here in Scotland. Yeah, Jamie, what about those comments? Is, is it maybe time to, to try and give him a bit of a rest or do, do you back him to sort of find that extra wind for between now and the end of the season? Yeah, I think so. I think um, what Simon made a good point in terms of... I think probably Rio Otati has probably been a victim of his own success in terms of he came in. I remember his debut against Hibs and, you know, let the, let the stadium up in terms of how he played and then obviously the Rangers game at home and he scored the two goals and every, probably every Celtic fan probably put him up you know the high of the sky basically but but what I've got to remember is he's, he's probably a young player coming from a different country um, and st- still settling into the, the climates of, of Glasgow and I just think that maybe a little bit of freshness maybe I think he probably made the point earlier on that probably for Celtic's point of view at the weekend there I think we probably missed um, near beat on probably a kind of screen in the back four I think he I think he works very well in terms of looking at the the dangers of you know an attacking team that he kind of he can he can break up play and play it simple. Um, I think I think we we gone back on your point there with, with the game at the weekend. There, I think obviously Rangers fully deserved their victory, but I think there was a moment in the game where obviously Celtic were one 0 up. I think Celtic were actually probing away. I think it kind of stunned Rangers a little bit. Um, and then obviously Carter Vickers had that moment where he, where he hurt the bar, I think, if it went 2-0 at that point. I think it might have been an uphill kind of battle for Rangers, but I think with a sense, obviously, been at the game, that as soon as Rangers equalised, I think the whole kind of energy of Celtic and even the support kind of gets zapped out of them a little bit stunned, and then the whole momentum uh, went on to Rangers' team and, and kind of kicked them on to Boris. So there was only going to be one winner after when they went into extra time, I think it was Rangers that had that extra bit a step in front of them that I think the, the substitution you were, were talking about the substitutions I think the best substitution for me personally was, was Stephen Davis coming onto the park I think he was just a, a class of his own to be honest I think he just picks up that kind of 5-10 yards where he just keeps the ball moving keeps everything ticking over I think he's just basically I, I, I think he's, 
probably Rangers' best midfielder, if I'm being honest with you, in terms of how he looks at the game and how he, how he kind of thinks about where to be, the right time, at the right space. It, just his whole experience of being in this fixture, that I think that was the right time for Rangers to bring him on to just keep the ball ticking, because I think Rangers' uh, Celtic's midfield at that point was really, really tired and were kind of chasing the ball at that moment, you know. Good man, Jamie. You've got Stephen McGowan nodding along, but we are late for the travel, so we'll leave it there. Hopefully we can catch up soon. It's a good time to call travel news and then you could be up next. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Simon Donnelly and Stephen McGowan are here. It's 0141-951-1025. Or Twitter at Clyde SSB On the back of Sunday PR Says I feel it's done But would have been interested In seeing how the season played out If there were 10 games left Says PR Of course there are not We're stuck with the 5 And it'll be interesting To see what these post-split fixtures Cast up It's 01419511025 Let's hear from you Uh, John has done just that John's in Bridgeton What's on your mind tonight John? Uh, hello, uh, how you doing? Uh, no, just uh, when you're saying about the, the five games to go there, it's mm-hmm. going to be interesting because uh, as, as was questioned uh, last season, there are certain players on that Celtic team who haven't been over the course before. It'll be a different type of pressure now. Uh, let's see how they handle it coming in because uh, a few years ago, Rangers players, three years ago, two years ago, uh, certain Rangers players were castigated for no, being, uh, going over the hurdle. Uh, and let's see how they handle it There's not a lot of uh, champions in that, left in that Celtic team But a few months ago I came on and I, I made a point about The way Andrew was playing his football And I said that at the time that It's nearly impossible to keep that That standard of, of fitness Or that standard of tempo up And then Sunday just actually came to a conclusion And at the end of it there And that proved that the Rangers had 120 minutes there On the Thursday night and near enough, the same outfield 11. And the one thing that kind of concerns me with the media is that they, they haven't even, they've no gave the Rangers uh, group enough praise for that. I mean, John, I always hear this stuff. Rangers have had loads of praise for the weekend. And do you know what? In case John hasn't heard it, praise them again, give the man what he wants. But Rangers' physical effort and the outcome of Sunday <clears> has <throat> been praised. I don't know why we do this. I haven't heard anybody, John, who hasn't said Rangers totally deserve to win and win a better team. Really, I mean, I, I mean that. I mean, that's just common sense. I think it's just fair. I think it's a widespread view. Listen, we've all heard the nonsense about Bobby Madden. Your supporters are not happy about that, but Bobby Madden didn't impact in that game in terms of penalties or anything that had a real massive impact on the final outcome. It was the two teams and Rangers were the better team. Yeah, listen, I said at the time, uh, taking a lot of stick on my texts from uh, Rangers friends, and I said Rangers were the better team, they deserved to win on the day, Celtic weren't at it, and I also said last week on the show that it was a make or break week for for Rangers, they had to go and negotiate the European tie, they did that, took them 120 minutes, and they're through to the final, so you have to to give them credit, Uh, and John's right as well with the Celtic guys, over new ground There is a lot of new players That have come in at Celtic They have The core Obviously their captain Rogic, Forrest These guys that have been Over the course many times I mean Joe Hart Has not done Joe it at Hart, Celtic But yeah, he's, he's got one, a fair bit of experience yeah, so, But that's what I've said for, for weeks now This is the business end And it's who handles The pressure mm. The best Up until now Celtic have created a gap there But there's still five to go The job still mm. needs to be done What do you make of the psychological case That John builds I mean 
Celtic have been the leading pack for quite some time, Stephen, and, ha- and haven't mm. really shown signs that that's getting to them. John's maybe, well, I'm sure it will be wishful thinking that that starts to crank up in this home straight. We go back to the point. Everyone will be watching Celtic on Sunday at Ross County, wondering how they're going to handle this. They've had a blip. Is it a blip or is it something wider? Is it a bigger malaise? I mean, you're asking me, but I mean, I remember this man standing beside me and I, I you know, going for trying to stop 10 in a row, who's actually been there on the last day decider. And I'm always fascinated by that, by, by how, how it impacts you, Simon, whether it's just mental, whether it's physical, is it both? It's a bit of both, to be honest. If you want to go back to my, my time, we thought we were over the line the week before because Rangers had slipped up. Dunfermline, yeah. And we drew with Dunfermline. Yeah. And that week was hellish because if you'd asked anybody in that squad, we'd have wanted to play St. Johnson the following day just to get out there again and you know put everything right. And it took a week. The pressure was on and we had to go and respond. And even that game in itself, I watched it back in, in lockdown. Mm-hmm. You can see the nerves crick, uh, kicking in after an hour. We're 1-0 up. We thought it was going to... Roll over and win four 0 It proved not anything but that. We could tell by the Celtic fans and the atmosphere what was happening elsewhere. We knew Rangers were getting results, so that's why I, I kind of go back to my own experiences. These players will have to handle this over mm-hmm. five games. You know, there'll be twists and turns within the games. Never mind, you know, the full ninety minutes. There'll be little bits within the games, and every game will bring its own demands and tests. It won't be easy for any of the teams. It's who handles mm-hmm. it. And J- John's right. You know, last year Celtic would have said, well, there's no Rangers. Rangers kind of coasted it last year. But when Rangers were ahead at the start of this season, Celtic were giving them an experience there. They were breathing down their necks that they didn't have last year. Mm. Now Celtic have turned that round. They have to now deliver. They have to be the front runners and they have to see it through. Uh, I mean, John, I get the focus because Celtic are at the top. So you're looking for for your team, you know, how will they handle it? Do you think Rangers will win all their five, five games from here on in? Because they'll need, they'll need to do that, won't they? They'll need to do that, aye. But the point, another point I'm going to make, deviating away for that there, is that last week on the, on the summer, the callers were on there. I mean, three or four of them. I don't know. I, I was surprised that Rangers had to turn up on Sunday because they were going to get Leonard, you know? And uh, Laurie, Laurie for Dennison in particular, with his uh, eloquent voice. I mean, what the point I'm going to make to you there is, Again, the fitness thing. Why, why were it Celtic's intensity on Sunday? Good question. Don't know. Don't know. That's a really valid point. Because, interesting listen, point. see, after last week when when Celtic won seven 0 I thought you know going into this game they'll take a lot of stopping. I went on record saying mm-hmm. it. I then watched Rangers perform on Thursday night, and I thought this game is going to be close because that was the best I'd seen Rangers play. For a while I'd watched them against Braga They didn't particularly impress me Away from home But they got a result That would give them a chance To take it back to Ibrox And turn it I was impressed with them On Thursday night I thought this game's going to be tight But yeah You've got to give Rangers credit For the weekend It's 220 minutes Back to back And they've got the results Look this is the beauty of rivalry When you see the opposition fans Confident And it then goes your way Particularly in that fixture It's then a great opportunity To you know Come out swinging And and Poke fun at, at that confidence But you would have understood A level of Celtic confidence last week Won the last two head-to-heads Top of the league Had only been really stretching their advantage <laughs> Rangers tired All the rest of it So you know I don't think People will always go over the score I'm sure Anyone who said I will win five and six and whatever but Celtic were favourites Let's be honest Yeah they were But it's never won until it's won Is it? I mean 
know, people were probably getting a bit ahead of themselves saying the league was over. And I understand that six points and a massive goal differential advantage. But, you know, you, it's still a lot of work to be done. And the, the other kind of psychological aspect is that Celtic have three home games and two away games. And normally you would say that's a bit of an advantage. It might be. But home games bring their own pressure as well, don't they? Yeah. Because if you, don't get, if you don't get the early goal... In that situation, supporters get anxious. You've seen the anxiety transmit onto the pitch. You know, actually being at Ross County on Sunday, being away from home with the away support, might do Celtic a small favour. Uh, thank you, John. Nice to speak to you. 01419511025. Uh, obviously, if it's if it's a Rangers perspective, there is a bit of wishful thinking going in there because that's where the deficit lies. Now, what about Paul, who's a Celtic fan? Are you wavering at all after the weekend, Paul? Even 5%, 10% or... Are you as certain as you were before the weekend? Hey, hi Gordon. Hey, hi guys. Uh, no, I'm still, I'm still confident about the league. I'm, Sunday's not really changed my mind any. Uh, I think that I was disappointed uh, on Sunday. I think that maybe it's going a wee bit over the top. I think that Celtic. I, I did think Celtic were poor, but even the Celtic being poor, it was it took. The extra time and uh, Celtic player put the ball in his own net, but I'm not. Uh, Celtic didn't play great. I think a lot of things were kind of shown up with the, the Japanese boys. I think ran out of steam. Uh, they, they looked knackered. I agree with a lot that's been said. When Rangers scored, that seemed to take the the wind out of Celtic sails. The same hand of Big Carter Vickers had put that away. I think that that would have took the wind out of Rangers sails. Uh, I'm not. I'm not. I'm disappointed, obviously, but uh, I think that I'm still. I'm. St- I'm not any. It's not put any doubt in my mind than was before about the league. It'd be interesting to be a fly on the wall, Simon. You know, if it is like there was a perception of tiredness for, for Celtic, yeah. you'll know more than Stephen and I. Sometimes you know you're just not at it, and it yeah. looks that way. It would be interesting to know if that is a genuine tiredness, if it is an issue that needs to be. Address the Celtic need to take off some of this intensity that Ange Postecoglou's training no. sessions are famous for, or, is, or does anything no. change? I don't think anything changes in terms of that. I think, I think that will get stronger the longer Ange is here. That, that's the way he wants to work, uh, and it's brought a lot of success. I mean, they've turned turned that round. They've got six point gap, so it's it's working. Uh, sometimes you just turn up, and for whatever reason, it doesn't happen. It never happened for like Sir Rogic at the weekend there. He's, they change him with O'Reilly, uh, whether he picks up a knock or isn't he feeling... It just didn't happen for Celtic. Uh, ebbs and flows in games as well, so Arfield equalises and then all of a sudden it's late on, Rangers have got their tails up, Celtic have had to shuffle a wee bit and, and Rangers look stronger. But at the same time, Carter Vickers is it's defining moments in games. I watched it back when I get in the house the other night and... He leans back and you know he gets too much elevation on it. That that if that goes in, the game's dead. But listen, people will phone in and say it's ifs and buts, but games can be decided on that. But I just felt once that didn't go in, our field had a, a, a big impact in the game, obviously coming on with a, a fantastic finish. Him and Davis actually, as Stephen alluded to there, you know, good impact, positive impact coming on for Rangers. But ebbs and flows, so all of a sudden they're in the ascendancy. And Celtic did look a wee bit, you know, flustered at that point. It looked as if they'd run out of gas. I guess for Seiki Yogo, it's another week down the line. He got minutes in his legs, didn't mm. really manage to get into the game. Yeah. If Jackie Marcus is able to come back, you know, one of the other callers put 
forward the, the sort of doomsday side of it You know is, is Juranovic okay Is Carter Vickers okay But mm. it might be actually that Elements of the attack are fresher this weekend Yeah Ange Postacoglu suggested that Giacomacus would be short term Um Hugo looked like he was blowing about when he came on. You can't blame him. He hadn't played a game since Boxing Day. St. Johnson was his last start. Um, he needs time to get it back to trouble. Celtic don't have a great deal of time. So, yeah, Jack Amakis would be the best answer. It's actually interesting what, 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 what Simon was rightly saying about Wogic not being quite on it. I thought I think a lot of credit is to go to Rangers for that because the league game at Ibox, Tom Wogic was picking up the ball in pockets of space on the right side, making ground, yep. really making things happen. On Sunday, Calvin Bassey was right on him. And so was you know, Joe Rebo as well. They were, you know, they were really giving him no space, no room. He wasn't quite himself, fair enough. His first touches were uncharacteristic. But I think Rangers got that right. And they deserve a bit of credit for that, actually. Thank you very much to Paul. Clyde One Super Scoreboard Golden Goals It seems like just yesterday we set up Clyde One Super Scoreboard's Golden Goals with a mere £1,000 in the kitty we added at least £250 for every goal that Celtic or Rangers scored since and we're sitting at £28,250 that's as it stands every goal they score between now and the end of the season at least another £250 goes into the kitty so just imagine what that's going to look like come the end of the campaign and one lucky winner out there takes the lot every single penny tax free however you need to be in it to win it as the saying goes so text GOAL to 61025 that's G-O-A-L to 61025 it is £2 to text plus your standard message rate over 18s only and the full terms and online entry are at Clyde One. It's cross-competition as well So we're talking league games Europe for Rangers And the Scottish Cup as well uh, Of course, Scottish Cup final day Saturday the 21st of May So lines close at 6pm So for your chance to be the winner At the end of the season Text GOAL to 61025 right now 0141-951-1025 This is Scottish football's league leader Clyde One Super Scoreboard Simon Donnelly and Stephen McGowan are here It's 0141-951-1025 Or Twitter at Clyde SSB Last night the phone lines were red hot about VAR And I know loads of you didn't get through So if you want to share your thoughts tonight You're more than welcome It was only yesterday we got the news That it will be coming to Scottish football Some people like that, some people don't And then you add into the mix the fact that it's going to come in mid-season Which causes its own debate as well So if you've still got something to get off your chest on that topic Give us a call or send us a tweet uh, I've even got a message in here from Kenny Haddon Who's quite right He says Don't forget to mention Drummy Amateurs tonight In the Scottish Amateur Cup Final At Hamden It's the 2020 final It's just <laughs> being replayed It's just been played sorry right. um, After everything uh, Kenny says DJ Davy Forbes is 48 years old And still playing Apparently Wow Like hope for you yet yeah. <laughs> That must be about your era is it not? Right Aye not far off There we Did go said on Trample Amateurs Yeah Who are oh, they, they playing? Davey Moyes That's what yeah, you started Who are they playing history, haven't they? You know? No I do know you And why have I forgotten? Because Hugh had it all written down So that's a cross From Tom Edinburgh cross. There we go And that's at Hamden It's at Hamden yeah, tonight Bred some fantastic players Down the years that team There we go So Kenny there we are We've given them uh, the mention Hopefully uh, Hopefully that's a good occasion Because I think you can you know Get yourself along And and check that one out So hopefully the guys get a good turnout Lovely night for football as well isn't it On the hallowed turf at Hamden yeah. Good memories Good memories to be made there So that's how you can get in touch as well At Clyde SSB uh, Or 
Phone us, even better 0141-951-1025 Craig is in Paisley What's your point tonight, Craig? Hi guys, how are you doing? Good. Hope you're all well How are you? Um, it was just, um, I, I just I've actually just turned on And I listened to the, the tail end of the last caller And it's a point that Every Celtic fan's making Every pundit's making uh, Every ex-Celtic player is making That if Carter Vickers Hadn't hit the bar and had scored That would have been the end of the game And Yada, yada, yada. But did people overlook the fact that John Lundstrom hit the post at 0-0? Now, had that gone in, the game could have taken a completely different dynamic. It could have went on and Rangers could have run over them. Celtic might have come back and won 2-1 like Rangers did. But it just never seems to get mentioned. We always talk about the Carter-Vickers chance. Is that not quite simply, Craig, and then because one's a sitter and one's not? Well it doesn't really matter does it Well well, it does Because like John Lundstrom's is a wonderful effort And he does really well almost to hit the post Without going all uh, statistician on you If you look at expected goals or whatever John Lundstrom wouldn't be expected to score from there And Carter Vickers would Now I know the way this works you're, Don't mean to put words in your mouth But you're hearing this as if people are trying to make excuses for Celtic And or build Celtic's case up When in actual fact It's just because one of them's a sitter and one's not I, I do, I do get that. I absolutely get that. But the fact of the matter is, it, it's, you know, there's no other sport like like it, like football, for turning on its head. You know, like if if you if you're watching a rugby game and one team is overrunning the other team, they're going to win. You know, uh, and you know, you look at any other sport, it's like that. But football has this habit of coming back and biting in the backside, where you've hammered the team for. A, 89 minutes and they score with a freak goal be it a sitter <coughs> set piece deflection whatever you know and and I, and I just think you know as I said like I said you know the Carter Vickers incident hit the bar yeah alright I get that it's a sitter but he's hit the bar he's hit the woodwork so part of the armoury as a keeper would tell you but the same fact is the fact of the matter is had John Lundstrom's goal gone in it might have been a completely different outcome that was just on my yeah, point. No, I, I, look, I get that, of course. Yeah, yeah I don't. Um, I don't think it's justified as a sitter, Craig. I'm like, of course, you're right, but I think it's the fact that it was 21 minutes from the end that it would have been two 0 I think that that that, that probably <laughs> is the key, really. It gives Celtic really a cushion, a margin. You're quite right. Brilliant effort from John Lundstrom, and I think if he had scored that, the Rangers probably would have gone on and won the game comfortably. They did anyway, but I mean, I just think two 0 with 20 minutes to play, that's that that's a tough cushion to overcome. Yeah, I, I I even remember seeing a couple of tweets coming in just after Celtic had scored from Rangers fans, Simon, saying that it sort of it felt like it had two 0 written on the game at that mm. point. But Craig's right; it, it, there probably aren't many sports that can flip on their head. The Arfield goal—it's funny because I remember in the Ibrooks game we yeah. get a lot of complaints from <clears> Rangers fans saying, "I can't believe a seventh-minute equaliser from Tom Rogic knocked the stuffing." Out of Rangers when there was so long left yeah. This was later so maybe a bit more understandable But that's the moment that, that Swings it hugely in Rangers' favour Yeah it is and, and as Craig said himself there Games can turn on things like that I, Listen I brought that up I'm not saying Celtic deserve to be 2-0 up Even when they create the first goal Well from a, a well worked free kick A wee bit lucky with the, the finish But at that time I'm sitting there And I actually think well Celtic are going to If they see this through it's almost winning it ugly Absolutely. Because they've not really played To what I've seen the week before mm-hmm. And that was my point And you know Then the one falls to Carter Vickers in the box As Stephen quite 
rightly points out, there's not long left. And two weeks before he's, he's dispatched it, this time he leans back, hits the bar, and Rangers got the part. And when Rangers score after that, the momentum's with Rangers then. You know, the ebbs and flows of the game, it's going with Rangers. And I really thought the only way Celtic would win the game after that was if it went to penalties. Yeah. Uh, Craig, to round off the theme of the first hour, if you like, has it done anything at all to alter your thoughts on the title race? Well, you know what? I would be annoyed if the players had thrown the towel in. So I don't think the fans should be throwing the towel in. You know, whilst whilst there is still a chance, I, I mean, gut feeling is I don't think Celtic are going to lose enough. But you know what? I, I wouldn't want the players giving in, so why should I? Yeah, you just want... Simon, always sort of... You laugh a bit when it's September, October, and sometimes people say, oh, we should have scored more because goal difference is important. And you think, you know what? We'll worry about that down the line. But we're now very much in that territory, aren't we? Because you, you're needing... From Craig's perspective You need Celtic to drop points in three games In fact lose two and, and, and yeah. then drop more Three out of five Because of that Yeah And and form up until Sunday would suggest that that wouldn't happen But listen, football's a funny game I think Rangers have gave themselves a huge lift over the last week That's why it's a it's a big week for A big weekend for both teams uh, Rangers, if I'm in the Rangers camp Desperate to beat Motherwell To put the pressure on Close that gap Albeit Celtic play the next day Celtic on the other hand Just have to focus on the next game mm-hmm. And make sure they go into the game against Rangers With that six point gap Would it still attack. be a helicopter? We've not upgraded to drone or anything have we? For the, for <laughs> oh, the 2022 I don't think season we're, in, we're not in Iraq I mean um, yeah I think it would still be a helicopter Still get the same um, ring to it does it? No it doesn't The it drone doesn't. has been reprogrammed Yeah no, I don't think so I don't, I don't see it yeah. I mean the, the one thing I'd say to Craig Is going back to his original point the history books won't make any mention of Cameron Carter Vickers striking no, the bar. Not. The only thing they'll show is the Rangers in the Scottish Cup final against Hearts. Craig mm. talks about you know he hopes the players haven't given up, and so why should the fans? Look, they're probably separate anyway. Um, would that be the message? Do you think inside the Rangers dressing room at the moment? What to to to, to almost try and use Sunday as a boost? I, th- I think they have to. Yeah, I think they have to. Listen, we've been on this show long enough. People saying about the European thing and fatigue. I think the success in Europe brings a spring in the step, a confidence to get to a semi-final. I think they take that into the game at the weekend. So, yeah, they've beat their, their greatest rivals and they're in a final. They would have to use that as a positive. I'm just checking social media there to see if there was anything else and I, I just don't know what... I don't know if there's something in the air that people are trying to rub it into us. I mean, Tony Forrest's got a nice wee beer and he's got the sun, sky, he seems to be off somewhere else. Jim Stewart is saying, am I missing anything back home, Gordon? And he's got pictures from what appears to be a Caribbean cruise. Looks nice. So you two have gone worldwide tonight, basically. Looks that nice. You're having yeah, an influence. I, I wish I was worldwide, to be fair. Guys um, um, on a beach with a beer there. And just like the Caribbean, uh, similar when the weather's like this, Craig is in Paisley. So thank you to Craig for his call tonight. <laughs> Takes us up to time for this. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the Scottish slash football. Stephen McGowan hates Beat the Pundit. It ruins his week every time he's on. Simon Donnelly is the master of the ugly victory. Scrapes by by one every time, but he is. Got a good win percentage So if you want to take them on Tonight is the night 0141 951 1025 You do need to get your call in Before 7 o'clock So pick up that phone And you could be playing Beat the Pundit next 
tackle the headlines. 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Simon Donnelly is here. Stephen McGowan is alongside them. They're both waiting for you to get in touch. The first hour certainly dominated. Uh, by questions around whether Sunday impacts the title race in any way Does the Scottish Cup victory for Rangers make any difference going forward? You're more than welcome to keep those thoughts coming But what about a change of direction VAR? I don't think we got over it last night I don't think we fully dealt with it Because there were so many of you that didn't manage to get through on the phones We only got the news yesterday We're still trying to digest what it's going to look like And when it's going to come in And how it's going to work And the pros and the cons So what do you think of that news Yesterday Are you happy with it Yes or no And then what about the timing The way it's being brought in mid-season The way it's being funded All the various talking points Now is a great time to share it 0141-951-1025 And where are you Hibs fans as well Interesting stuff from your owner today Beat the pundit With the Scottish Sun For the best football news and opinion online The Scottish Sun.co.uk Slash football Right, beat the pundit time Stephen McGowan does not like this whatsoever He told me during the break he likes playing long at home When he can read the questions on Twitter and there's no pressure Basically 100%, 100%. Simon, don't wait to see this guy if it's him in action Every week, 2-1, 3-2, 5 Six inches, can't for five A win is a win A win's a win and I don't <laughs> think you lose many, if any uh, Don't put any extra pressure on me, please <laughs> Another defeat for DL last night I knew he was in trouble when I asked the contestant Name any Belgian in the Scottish Premiership And he replied Rocky Bushiri I thought ah, this guy knows his stuff That's just a good level of knowledge And safe to say uh, DL could not respond So tonight's contestant is Connor And Govan How's it going Connor? Uh, not bad guys How's yourself? Yeah good thank you Have you ever played before? No I've not oh, Okay how do you rate yourself? Uh, well, I thought I was going to do pretty good until I come on the phone. Now I I'm going to make a mess. Everyone says that. Like the good thing is, we don't know your surname. There might be a few corners of your neck of the woods, so you can uh, you can be you can be anonymous if it goes wrong. But I've got confidence in you. You sound like a smart man. Let's toss the coin. Heads, it will be Simon Donnelly, and tails, it will be Stephen McGowan. If I can get a grip of this two pence piece, let's see who it's going to be. I'm sorry, Stephen. His tails Best, best of three Come Absolutely on Absolutely not <laughs> Best only, of three Only Marvin Bartley Gets that treatment yeah. from me uh, Right So here's the deal I'm sure you remember Yes It's been etched in your nightmares Since your last appearance On the show Give you Clyde two So that he doesn't know What's going on Connor We'll put 30 seconds On the clock for you And it's very simple Just answer as many as you can And if you don't know Pass quickly And move on to the next one Alright No problem Let's go 30 seconds Starting now Which English club Did Ryan Christie join In August Pass Which German city do RB Leipzig play their home games in? Munich What does the A in VAR stand for? Assisted Which Scottish Premiership side does Alan Power play for? Pass Name any of Dundee United's last three foreign managers Pass Which Scotsman's played the most games in the English Premier League this season? Billy Gilmer Name any Right I've started it So take your time Name any Scottish Premiership team Who has a player That's been at the club For at least 10 years So name any Sorry, Scottish Yeah name any Scottish Premiership team Who's got a player That's been at the club For at least 10 years Name a team Basically Rangers Okay let's bring Stephen McGowan back Stephen are you ready? Singing along to my karaoke special Your simple minds Don't you forget about me Lovely Right Lovely. let's see if it's a forgettable performance For you mm. and me the pun That you ready? Yeah 
Which English club did Ryan Christie join in August? Bournemouth Which German city do RB Leipzig play their home games in? Leipzig What does the A in VAR stand for? Assistant Which Scottish Premiership team does Alan Power play for? Uh, Alan Power plays for St Man. Name any of Dundee United's previous three foreign managers uh, Pass Which Scotsman has played the most games in the English Premier League this season? Andrew Robertson And name any Scottish Premiership team Who has a player that's been at the club for at least 10 years Rangers Okay How do you think that went Connor? Oh as bad as I, as bad as I thought Yeah maybe worse actually uh, Which <laughs> English club did Ryan Christie join in August? It was Bournemouth 1-0 to Stephen Which German city did RB Leipzig play their home games in? Connor surprisingly oh, it is Leipzig uh, yeah. and not as, Munich as soon as, as soon as I said that You know I'm actually, I'm actually going there on Tuesday And I was thinking hang on a minute <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm I'm going going It's that producer Chris That's <laughs> sneaky That's He knows that's one that just makes you overthink um, So it's 2-0 to Stephen uh, Connor for the benefit of for the benefit of your um, of the benefit of your public image after this, I'll just pretend that you said assistant. That is what you said, wasn't it? Yeah, I knew. Yeah, it was. It wasn't. It might have sounded. It might have been assisted, but I think yeah. you said assistant. Uh, but Stephen got it three one, maybe three zero three one to Stephen <laughs> McGowan. Alan Power plays for St Mirren four one. The last three foreign managers You had the choice of Ivan Golak Ivan Golak Nick Supatalainen yeah. Or Shabalazlo I, I did think Ivan Golak But I thought it was, I thought it was Remember Shabalazlo yeah, yeah, of course I, as well. um, I wonder about this Producer Chris Do we need a stewards inquiry? The last Scot- uh, the, the Scotsman Who's played the most games In the English Premier League This season Is it not Andy Robertson? Grant Hanley was always mm, He says Kenny McLean Oh Really? Mm. Yeah. I'll get him to launch a stewards inquiry Because mm, it sounds okay. like it could yeah, be close yeah. Like you, you don't need it anyway mm-hmm. You're 4-1 up And interestingly you both went for Rangers Who's got a player that's been at the club for 10 years Who who did you have in mind? <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I was going back to 2008 yeah. Scott, uh, UEFA Cup finals yeah, but, uh, see, James Forrest yeah. Andy Considine yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Hibs have got a couple St Johnston <laughs> have got some Stevenson uh, So yeah. none of you got that right But I'm afraid I'll give you the benefit <laughs> of the doubt Connor We'll call it a 1 But it was a 4 for Stephen yeah. McGowan Hard lines I'm not, I'm not even sure I deserved that But well played mate 4-0 then As it should have been Apparently Kenny McLean has played more than yeah. Andy Robertson this season There we go I should know not to doubt uh, producer Chris There's five in it Would you believe 25 for Robertson 30 for Kenny McLean yeah. Good innings that Fair play to him Because when Billy Gilmer Went there you thought Might not play yeah, as much Absolutely uh, Thank you To Connor It's 01419511025 On the phones uh, Right I'll tell you what Ben Who's a Hibs fan From Clydebank I think Ben could maybe Take us up to the end of the show He's got VAR And his uh, managerial Vacancy On his mind Um Let's start VAR, Ben, because it's the topic that at least all other fans can, can get their teeth into. So I'll throw it out there again. What do you make of that news yesterday? Loads of you didn't get through last night. Are you happy with the news? Thumbs up or thumbs down to the introduction? What about the mid-season element of it? 01419511025. What's your take on that as a as a Hibs fan, Ben, and I guess a fan of Scottish football in general? Yeah, so just more of a, as a wider fan of Scottish football and some of the... Uh, I think one of the, the key winning factors we've got in Scottish football is passion and, and 
really caring about the game versus the commercialised side of, of English football and lots of other leagues in, in Europe and, and taking that away from fans that go to, go to the game week in, week out and, and follow their club versus this sort of feels like VAR has been brought in to, to help the media write stories to support uh, armchair fans and it's not really been brought in for the right reasons just sort of to go along with that that point certainly from from Hibs perspective and I don't know about other clubs it feels as if I've not seen any fan engagement at all on on the VAR front and asking fans that attend games how they would feel about it being brought in it feels as if we've just sort of been railroaded from top to bottom and being told to sit there and yeah just um, yeah just sit there and, and you'll be told what's good for you It's an interesting point Ben I'm glad you brought it up because I do think that side of it got overlooked last night Stephen, is that fair? Was there a lack of fan consultation? Does it? We're always very quick to point out that The fan who turns up on the Saturday Means more to our league than it does others We all know the stats about you know Percentage of, of population, all the rest of it Did we take that into account? No, I think Ben makes an excellent point I mean One of the main complaints when it came in down south Was that fans on the ground didn't know what was going on Now because of the big scoreboards They, they appear to have improved that and he's right, it does appear to be a move geared towards television more than anything else. But equally, fans can have it both ways because every supporter of every club probably thinks that referees are giving their team a raw deal. So if you want to improve that, given that most of us accepted that the pool of referees in Scotland are not terribly good at the moment, then you really have to try and take some kind of measure. I don't, I don't think it's perfect. I don't think it's a silver bullet. I woke up this morning... I saw John Hartson talking about whether the, the VR, the VAR assistance will be will be trustworthy, whether they will be, you know, whether you'll have to check what school they went to or what have you. I can't remember his exact wording, but there's still going to be mistrust of VERs mm. in Scotland, you know, because we are inherently mistrustful yeah. as a nation. But we just have is, to is give there, there, a help. I was going to say, but is there more of an onus then on those people who can't trust? Yeah. people to yeah. to get a grip a little bit. Yeah, I mean, we you well, know, we have to trust. I mean, we, can't, we can't, we can't yeah. be. We can't be dictated to by that stuff. Yeah, yeah I mean, I like to think referees are professional enough. People, you know, they may not be very good, but I, I tend not to question their integrity or their honesty. And I think sometimes the people who do raise that question, it says more about them than it does about the referees. Uh, ben, what about that? Because Stephen agrees, and I totally get it as well. You, you just wonder what it's going to look like in the stadium, whether it's Easter Road or Dens Park or the Tony Macaroni. What, what's it going to be like for those fans that are so important? Is that enough of a reason to to not have it? I mean, it is important, of course it is, but can we as a footballing nation be left behind by not having it? But it's not a question of being left behind or, or not having it, but it's, it's a question more of, is there a better option, is there a better solution before we bring in the AER? Can we not look at different options like making up referees so that there's a lot of transparency in what's safe? Like a, a lot of Scottish football fans don't have any any trust like you alluded to in the referee questions. You can see exactly what they're saying on a pitch or if they actually come out and, and justify their decisions to say, yeah, fair enough, the old man's up, I got that one wrong. Uh, well, I think it came off his hand, but I felt that the ball went through his arm as opposed to him putting his hand to the ball and just, that, that will help with a lot of the distrust in Scottish football and also account of uh, other solutions before before yeah. and probably less Yeah, I, I get that. So let's let's test that theory again because you're certainly articulating the points well. Is 
Transparency And the perception Of improved trust More important than Getting more decisions right uh, I think that's The first step As opposed to Going straight to the AR Yeah I think it is Interesting Stephen Because I I wonder if actually You can make a case For it being the other way around First of all Let's try and get more decisions right And then mm. if you can add on the you know, add on some bells and whistles and, and make yeah. it, yeah, you know, people can then really get a, a flavour for what's been said and how the process is reached. Um, I can't remember, a, no, look, I, I'm under no illusions. People don't care what I think about any topic. They they, they, they listen to you too and, and the pundits. But I, I can't recall just personally an, an issue where I've just felt so genuinely torn about it because mm. on that, yeah, there's so many... Downsides to it And you, you Kind of does rip the soul Out of the match The experience and But then can you Can you be the only league In yeah. Under the, you know The UEFA banner That, that doesn't have it I, I just, It's very difficult isn't it Yeah the genie is out of the bottle Isn't it and, But listen It wasn't It was never a clear cut matter In Scotland I mean if you You speak to chief executives And chairman And I spoke to a few yesterday They will tell you that They had a good old think about it Because initially The initial Suggestion was Every club would pay was £117,800 each. All 12 clubs would pay the same amount of money. Had that been the case, it wasn't passing. It just wasn't going to happen. And the SPFL became aware of that. So they had to go back to the drawing board. They had to come up with a different plan. So I've got a sliding scale now where the champions will pay £195,000. Runner-up will pay £140,000. And the clever bit about it is that every team under fourth position in the league will pay less than 117,000 yeah. if it had been equal. Look, I, I, we don't praise Scottish football very often, right? but it all sounds pretty sensible, it's a good doesn't idea. it? You know, if, you're, if you are going to have it, fine, yeah. I, I get Ben doesn't want it, but if you're going to have it, that sounds pretty sensible. The, 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 only club I, the, only club, the only one club in the Championship seemed to vote against it from kind of the process of elimination. I think it was Morton. Right. I have no idea why. I tried to contact various people at Morton last night. They weren't answering the call, mm. which in itself probably tells you it was them. But... You know, even clubs who potentially are going to have big bills for it next season, such as Abroth or Kilmarnock or Partick Thistle or Inverness, they all voted for it. I think there's just an acceptance for once in a landscape where we always accuse clubs of looking out for number one. For mm. once, they've actually said, you know what, we've got to look after the greater yeah. good. It would have been nice for a bit more fan consultation, as Ben says, but 41 out of 42 was yeah. quite the, the result. Simon, you watch a lot of football. Mm. You are You are one <coughs> of the premier football watchers that I know. You'll watch games in all sorts of leagues regularly. What now that we're getting it? What do you make of it? I think I think Ben makes some really good points. Uh, since Vars came in, you know, I've, I've never been its number one fan. I think it's improving. There's still it's still up for debate with, with certain things. The offside rule, it's, it's probably the offside rule rather than VAR. Uh, but I just think everybody else is going down this route. Mm. If we're going to be taken seriously in Europe, do we not need to to follow suit? Hopefully, it improves as we go. It certainly has improved since it came in down south. But I get what Ben's saying that the guy that turns up at the stadium has become a bit of a theatre down down yep. south with the big screens. I don't think that adds to we it. We have the screens the exactly. But I don't think that adds to it, you know. And then there's goals that goals get called off for. Again, that's the offside yep. drill, but. The, you look at the celebrations and then all of a sudden... Simon, you, know, again, Simon you, look, you look at Sunday. Now, I am not saying Calvin Bassey was offside. Let's be quite clear about that. Under existing rules, he was onside. 
But as that, far as we can tell That is exactly <laughs> the kind of incident yeah. Ryan Kent gave Calvin Bass the ball That would have been pulled back for a VAR review Now yeah. Calvin Bass is in amongst the Rangers supporters yeah. You know the, the <clears> celebrations <throat> are going It's the 115th minute of a Scottish Cup Semi-final between Celtic Rangers Massive stakes Suddenly mm. it's pulled back for VAR Imagine that goal's chopped yeah. off Because Calvin Bass's index finger Let's not go down that road, well, that road but, again But you know that's what we're looking at Okay, now. Yeah look that would be emotionally interesting yeah. But if it's the right call what's the, what's the problem? That's what people would say isn't it? You know one man's right call is one man's nonsense Not for know? offside though you'd like yeah, to think Yeah well yeah But you know the other worry with, with, with the Scottish versus is We are going to have six cameras England, I mean, for example, the, the Europa League game between Rangers and Borussia Dortmund, I think it was, mm. where, Dortmund, where Rangers had a goal controversially chalked off. Remember Manelos? Yeah, yeah. was, it, was, it, was it Hummels or someone? Mm-hmm. That was something like 28 cameras inside Ibrox that night. Mm-hmm. And we've got six. We've got six. Crawford Allen is adamant that we're not getting a VAR light, though. We're getting a you know all-singing, all-dancing version. But well, of course, I'm going to say that, that, but that the reality point. is we are going to have significantly um, fewer cameras. The other thing, though, that, that is quite problematic, isn't it? We play under the same rules of football as, as everyone else. IFAB come up with the rules. It doesn't matter what league you're in, you play to the same rules. And it does seem like in the last few years, the rule book has been tweaked and tweaked and tweaked for VAR, if you like. Mm. You know, the way they do handballs now, when you're talking about whether it's above or below mm. the t shirt line, mm. you can't you can't make those calls without VAR. You just can't. Mm. If I hit the ball at you at 40, 50 miles an hour, how am I supposed to tell if it's above or below your t shirt line? Like we said Offsides And the way that it's, it's so detailed So unfortunately We play under a rule book That almost Requires you To, to have it God it's not just a rule book They bring out guidelines Every And we never hear what they are You know you've got You've got to have a microscope And social media Whatever To, to, to find the latest yep. guideline On handball I don't I'm not even sure I know what the rule is On handball With regards to VAR now You think you know it On actual hand position But you know, you, you're always and checking. And then you see Johnny Hayes against St. John, was it St. Johnson, no Ross County at Pitodry a couple of weeks ago. Hands right by his side, isn't it? Completely yeah. stuck to his side. I mean, the, the one thing it will cut out. It's going to cut out the crazy ones like you know Josh Meekings in the semi-final for Inverness against Celtic seven years ago, or the you know the, the Livingston one, David Martindale yep. rightly went mad about. So we'll take that, but mm. will it solve all our problems? Uh, ben, we're going to hear from your owner very soon. Um, give us a flavour of what it feels like to be a Hibs fan at the moment. Uh, just sort of on that last point around bar, just one sure. thing to add is I think the media and, and all of us need to appreciate that football is a sport, it's not a science. And that's the sort of the main part I'm trying yep. to make around that. Uh, a lot of um, that back a lot of disbelief and, and disappointment around Sean Maloney's acting yesterday. I thought it was very harsh. Uh, even I spoke to him on the show when, when Jack Ross was sat and I felt that was also very harsh and a very rash decision. Uh, and if you was uh, Ron Gordon, the, the club seems a bit of a mess behind the scenes. And making a long-term strategy, we're making short-term decisions. Uh, I felt there was a lot of positive, other than the result, there was a lot of positivity from the game on Saturday. Uh, I felt we played well. See that um, I could see what implement. Ben the line is breaking up uh, It's breaking up quite a bit But I got the gist of it Thank you very much for your time uh, Hopefully we'll catch up soon When the line's a bit clearer um, Ben's not too happy At what's going on behind the scenes at Hibs And do you know what The owner Ron Gordon Fair play Fronted up to the media today Answered lots of questions Some very very interesting answers So if there's any other Hibs fans out there We'll take a look at them 
And uh, keep those VAR thoughts coming as well Taking your calls on Scottish football 0141 951 1025 This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard Simon Donnelly and Stephen McGowan are here It's 0141 951 1025 And we are on Twitter as well At Clyde SSB I've got a full time teaser for you You two need to team up on this one Thank you to Chris for sending it in As the losing semi-finalists at the weekend Can you name the last 10 players To play for both Celtic and Hibs So we're looking for the last 10 players To play for both Celtic and Hibs Chris says it's basically an order of How recently they played for Celtic If that helps in any way So the last 10 to play for Celtic and Hibs And it's an order of how recently they played for Celtic Okay, you want some now? Yes go for, go for Liam and Ewan Henderson We can go for Yes, Henderson's time too, well done Chris Collins Yep, Simon, any from you? Scott Brown Yes Alright, we'll leave it there Because you're scushing that so far That's six down, four to go And just like Chris tonight It's full time at Clyde1.com If you want to send a question Full time at Clyde1.com Dot com. Liam Henderson, Ewan Henderson, Chris Commons and Scott Brown so far Let's bring in Mark in Mary Hill VAR, Mark, are you having that decision yesterday, yes or no? Um, definitely, well, I was going to say definitely not um, <laughs> I think it is I think it is something we do need Like, like we keep saying, um, the rest of the football nation is going that way um, But I'm a little bit concerned that we are still operating with At the top flight with part-time referees um, so who's actually going to be monitoring VAR And are they going to be held accountable for Decisions that they make that are wrong Because at the moment the referees aren't held accountable um, Recently a couple of um, Last month we had a big decision made That has impacted financially on a club uh, And the referee wasn't held accountable for that shocking decision I think it was a penalty decision um, So if, if referees um, are getting told to um, hold games so they can go and check VAR and VAR make a mistake. Is anyone going to be called out on that after the game, or are we just going to wipe it under the table and move on? But they still get the final say, though, Mark, don't they? This is the point that since VAR got introduced, people seem to act like it's this supercomputer, this decision-making system. All it is is a chance for the on-field referee. Now I get. Of course, look, there will be nuance in there about what incidents are flagged up and so on. But ultimately, it just boils down to the referee getting another look at it. But not every single occasion the referee gets called over to a screen to look at it. Um, I, I believe um, in the English Premiership, a lot of the occasions the referee's getting word through his ear to say, oh, that was a goal or it wasn't or it was offside. So it's not always the referee's decision. Um, sometimes it is made on the part by the referee mm. when he's been asked to go look at it. But other times it's someone sitting above the referee watching a screen. Definitely not um, implying it's a computer. It's someone watching a screen. Now, in England, they've got the finances there to probably um, have full-time people doing that. Up here, we've got part-time referees. So I can only imagine who's going to be sitting looking at these screens, what the qualifications are they've got. And they make mistakes down in England. Um, we are. So once mistakes are made up here... Now, we'll always go back to it, unfortunately, but we've got to because it is the biggest one. Celtic and Rangers game. They get called, the game gets called um, to a stop because we'll take the hand, I mean, the offside decision at the weekend or not decision. That gets um, called off. 
referee gets a word in his ear to say it's offside, it causes all sorts of pandemonium, and we find out later, oh, it was a mistake. Can you imagine the turmoil that would cause? Yeah, but I, I get the general concern. You'd like to think, if we're talking offsides, you're just going to have to, to trust it. I mean, we, we'd never know, actually, if that was an, if that was a mistake or not. I think, has there been one of them, maybe, in England? Where, I don't know, the technology maybe has a bit of a, a meltdown, but that's that specific example wouldn't happen. However, the general concern is understandable. For the record, I think last time we heard there was 18 Category 1 referees already on the, the sort of training course, if you like, up here, and 17 specialist assistant refs currently mm. on the programme. Um, this has been, well, it's been 18 months in the making so far, the full thing, the, the, the training process has been ongoing. So... Yeah, it is going to be our referees that, that are looking at it And there will be VAR operators as well mm. People that work for Hawkeye We've even seen some jobs being advertised on it, yeah. haven't we? Yeah. Um, so that, that's the way it's going to be it's a, I mean, I would imagine you could get retired referees in as well Extremely ref- experienced guys Funny enough, uh, I was talking to Scott Gardner of Inverness yesterday <clears> Just about their reaction to it And I think he spoke up at a meeting to say One of the concerns championship teams had Certainly they were one of them Was that if all these Category 1 referees are going to be focusing VAR in the Premiership and VAR's going to be intensive in terms of numbers it's going to require, then what are the Championship and the lower leagues going to get in terms of referees? So the standard of ref in the lower leagues could exactly, suffer. Exactly. That, that was one of the concerns that certainly Inverness had because at the minute, you know, your you know, your Bobby Maddens or your your Willie Pauls, they, they, they can be Championship, League 1, wherever, you know, in any given week. But the worry of some clubs in the lower levels is that this... This VAR will be so intense in terms of demands on Category 1 referees that it might have an impact lower down. So it's going to be labour intense, it's going to take up a lot of money and it's all going to fall on the clubs. And listen, if it's not right and if it's not working, mm. it'll be up to the clubs to fix that or to do something about it. That's how the game works. Yeah. Um, yeah, but a message in from someone who knows these things. I'll leave it there. Uh, so, you know, the on-field decision will always be the official. The only time a ref doesn't get to see a VAR call <coughs> again is for incidents of fact, like offside or, um, or goal, goal checks. Um, so, I don't know if that satisfies Mark in any way. This notion of accountability always comes up, Simon, and it is it's definitely valid because Mark speaks on behalf of loads of fans. Yeah. Knowing who to blame And knowing <clears throat> That they're going to get punished for it Does seem to be Really forefront in the minds Of Scottish football fans And I wonder about the value of that mm. If we were to come up Look what's more important We get more decisions right Than we currently are Or We know who to blame And we make sure they get punished for it yeah. What's more important? Getting the decision right I think Ben The last caller Made a good point as well though That I think a lot of the frustration with the fans is that the ref doesn't come out and, and explain things afterwards. Uh, whether that creates its own problems, I don't know. But yeah, I think getting the decisions right more often than not is is what VAR's going to be brought in for. But we're, we're talking about, I mean, how many people are in a, a VAR studio? How many? Is it three, four referees? Uh, yes, I think so. So, so you've got replay so the, operator, so you've consi- got the video assistant <coughs> and then a couple of video assistant refs. So yeah. the the concern I can I can get is it Scott Gardner you said yeah. you know you're taking away referees to to put into a different mm. role. Uh, the more I think about it, we're going to have a lot of teething problems with us. But look, I think that's part of it, isn't it? It's, it might be that I don't know whether naming people is is fair, but whether it's Bobby Madden, John Beaton, Stephen McLean, whoever, it, it may well be that although they are our most experienced refs, it might well be that 
through time other people establish themselves as being really good at VAR. Yeah. It, it might be a strength Gordon, of someone else. And, and so who does it down south? And is it referees? Is it other referees that do it just now, or do they yeah. have stuck with partner? Get a studio, yeah, 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 referees, yeah. I mean, we we, we went to well, were you there, Gordon? And did the SFA had a yeah, journalist yeah. out for the to see the simulator, mm-hmm. and we interviewed referees afterwards. And you know, we're talking about this accountability and blame. And we sat down with Don Robertson, who's had a couple this season, who I think of one that was the David Turnbull one at Tannadice where Callum Butcher caught him and there was a retrospective mm-hmm. ban. Mm-hmm. And he admitted, he said, you know what, you've just got to have a, a, a hide like a rhino in this game because he said, there's been so many times I've gone home and felt terrible because, all right, you can punish them, but I, I, I genuinely don't think you can make the referees feel worse than they feel themselves. They're just normal, they're professional, they're human beings. They go back, they see it in sports scene, they're being ridiculed everywhere. They must go, ah, oh, you know. I wish I had seen that again. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Let's bring in Stevie, who's an Aberdeen fan in Chapel Hall. Can't be many of them, Stevie, if you don't mind me saying. Uh, what's your take on all this? Uh, evening, panel. To be honest, uh, with regards to VAR, I think the majority of fans don't want it. And the biggest reason the majority of fans don't want it is that we don't want a perfect game. One of the biggest uh, reasons that people enjoy football is the debate and the challenge of the conversation afterwards about decisions, etc. Um, we don't want everything to be perfect. We want to watch a game and to uh, debate afterwards and the, with your friends, colleagues, etc., whether it was a penalty, whether it wasn't a penalty. We don't want fact. We want opinion. We but, want to watch a sport. But how, how will that change, Stevie? Because free, uh, you know, penalties... Whether players should have been sent off or not These are subjective decisions So the, the the video assistant ref It's there for another look But it's still going to be subjective You still might think it's bang on And I still might think it's a ridiculous decision The only thing that should be Fact Is offside So that, that post-game debate in the pub Or on these phone lines That's that's not going anywhere Well it will to a certain extent Because m- most of the decisions that they give out Are pretty factual um... No but they're not When, when was the last factual pen- penalty Stevie Look we have We get people phoning this show That would tell you black is white And vice versa Every Monday So mm. you know the, the, Every decision Whether it's replayed or not You know you're still it's still subjective So your opinion will differ from Simon's Which might differ from mine And so on It's far It's, just, it's far too scientific But, but it's a It's a it's a sport that uh, is all about debate and it's a sport that should just be played and decided at the time. Yeah. We, 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 if we've got all these millions of pounds to plug into this, then that money should be put down the road to grassroots football so we have a better uh, quality of teams, better quality of pitches for the kids. There's, if there's money to spend in Scottish football, it certainly shouldn't be in cameras, it should be in the grassroots football so that we can actually provide better players, better facilities and a better Scotland team for the future to be honest yeah I mean I like I like that for sure I get the logic there and I get the you know the, the general feeling that it's too scientific but the debate is not going anywhere Stephen it can't it can't possibly but you can't dismiss what Stevie is saying because I think a lot of supporters feel like that you do see it you hear it you see it in social media you supporters who just don't like and don't want VAR mm-hmm. But, but again, that's valid, but not because the debate's going to be taken away. No, no, you're absolutely be. right. I, I think we said earlier. I don't think. I think. I don't think Scotland is mature enough to have a VAR system without arguing like cats and dogs. I think. It. I think you're doing us a disservice, though. It's subjective decision making. It doesn't matter what country you're in. It must no, still absolutely. leave room I thought, for I thought, debate. I thought it was an excellent point. You're right. It's still the judgment of the referee. 
in a lot of the cases. So there is still human imperfection in there. That is not going to go away. And then the thing is, to go even deeper, Simon, it's, it, it, we don't even need to worry about what's right and what's wrong and what's imperfect and what isn't because there is no right or wrong answer for a lot of these things. It's yeah. always meant <clears> to be an interpretation. You'll get you know, the ones that are supposed to be blatantly obvious. Yeah, uh, listen... <sighs> I'm frustrated with Val and Murdoch. Many seasons are into it. You know, there's still things that frustrate the life out of me. But I, I, I get what Stevie's saying. And I said to Stephen in the break there, if they took Val away across the board tomorrow, I would not lose one minute's sleep about it. You know, and you would just take bad decisions in games and the way things go and a wee bit of luck for you there, a wee bit of luck yeah. for the team there. I would, I would take that tomorrow. I wouldn't be bored about it. But yeah. it's here and I feel... It's, it's not going away So we have to probably Got on board with it And It won't take the debate away It'll just change the debate You know we'll, we'll debate the problem is decisions. Football I admire Simon For being a, a mature And understanding individual But football Gave up on that stuff A long time ago F- Football Stopped accepting Right and wrong decisions Or, or perceived sense of injustice but Gordon So last night I'm watching, I'm watching Liverpool Man United And the midfielders At Cater Stamps on the and yeah. it doesn't go to VAR or if it, if it went to VAR they just kind of ignore it so we're yeah, still going to have these kind of yeah not like I agree with that but are we are you falling into the trap of just you know sort of cherry picking the, the, the individual moments that annoyed you and instead focus on the fact over the course of a season can you get more decisions right than you got wrong that, that's the ultimate aim isn't it it is the ultimate aim but as I said how many? I can remember you, you mm. talk about me watching football, watching goals getting cut off for toenails. It's ridiculous. Yeah. That, that, these so are the, it's offside. It's offside. I know, but then the offside rule's wrong in my opinion as well. But I just feel if it went out the game tomorrow, I would not be bothered. You I'm know, not you, even you, that big a fan of VR. I just like I just like no, this no, but, but you know what? Well, we've talked about fans. How fans feel about it a lot. Obviously, don't like it. Simon doesn't like it. It's quite a common mm. view. One group who wanted it were referees. If you look at the Scottish Senior Football Referee Association, they've been lobbying for it behind the scenes. And one of the reasons for that is not just that they want to get decisions right. The other one is that they are missing out major international tournaments. Yeah. Because as is long that, as... Is that sp- enough to be a driving force, do you think? It is for them. Oh, and sure. they are employed by the SFA, who are the governing body. And Ian Maxwell is getting heat from the head of the SSFRA. So they have been lobbying for this the hard. Clubs obviously want it. The clubs at Celtic and Rangers both have been pushing hard for it behind 40, the scenes. 41 of 42. Yeah, despite conspiracy theories, clubs want it, the referees want it. And it's a harsh fact of life in a game which is led by money and television. You see what the fans want? It's never going to be a factor. Yeah, I, I don't know how we reach any accurate democratic process on this. I think we ran a poll on our social media page a while ago and it got thousands of replies and I'm pretty sure it was... Largely in favour yeah, of VAR yeah. um, And people could say Ah but that's because this is Glasgow in the West And most of the people that voted would be Celtic I don't know, I don't know how we can ever Well that's, that's the other side too I've spoken to chairman from a championship club Who said you know what Celtic and Rangers are pushing mm. hard for us They will be the biggest losers he said mm. And I think that's a fascinating yeah. subject yeah. Will will the big home crowd at Ibrox and Parkhead Being for a penalty mm-hmm. now Be taken out of the equation on behalf of fans of wee teams everywhere yes <laughs> well, well, that, that, that's what one chairman said to um, me, so. because you know people keep I keep hearing this a lot on both sides of it they advertise it as fact people come on and say I mean fa- most fans don't want this and then I hear people say I mean most fans want this and how do you ever really yeah. know for sure um, anyway interesting stuff from Stevie let's look at this teaser we're looking for the last 10 players to play for Celtic and Hibs you've got Henderson times 2 
You've got Chris Commons You've got Scott Brown One more each Griffiths Yes Stephen I could give you three You just want one Oh I sure oh, not Give us two then <laughs> Okay uh, Scott Bain Didn't play a game for Hibs oh, Okay I'll go with Scott Shouldn't have, shouldn't have shown off like Scott that Scott Allen then Yes yeah, Scott Allen And I'll throw in Anthony Stokes as well Oh go on then We'll get the rest next Keep your calls coming Number one for football In Glasgow and the West 0141-951-1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Simon Donnelly and Stephen McGowan are here It's been a quick old show by the way I can't mm-hmm. believe we're on the home straight already mm-hmm. And looking for the last 10 players to play for Celtic and Hibs You've got Liam Henderson Ewan Henderson Ewan Henderson Chris Commons Scott Brown Lee Griffiths Scott Allen Anthony Stokes Do you get any during the break Simon? The big striker killing <sighs> Not in the last 10 So uh, you're close F.A. Ambrose F.A. Ambrose Well done Stephen Okay uh, We will leave that there You can still see Loads of calls coming in on VAR this all ha- I've not even got round to playing this Ron Gordon stuff yet Which is interesting I will Next end the show I think Andy Is a Partick Thistle fan though In Drum Chapel um, What have you got on your mind Andy tonight I think I might know But take it away How you doing guys yeah. Hi Andy uh, Hi Andy just thought I'd phone up there. Um, obviously, uh, Thistle are, are making the push for the playoffs. Um, there's maybe two points to, to, to what I'm going to say, but it's around the fan the fan ownership uh, of the club. Um, I don't know if you guys are aware, but there, there's been a, some developments over the last couple of weeks where the, the majority shareholder, the three black cats, have yep. uh, come down and said that uh, they don't feel it in the best interest to hand over the shares now. Um I don't think this is a... a there's also a, a little bit of um, uprising, I suppose, between the fans um, talking at the pub and, and at the stadium and on the, the sort of social media. Um, there's sort of things happening in, in motion. I don't think, for me personally, this is a good time to be casting all this up. Um, it, it, I think it's possibly affecting the players on the park um, with the negativity surrounding it. There seems to be a bit of... Uh, Civil arguments. I wouldn't go as far as to say civil war. It's not became that um, you know that um, that bad yet. Uh, but it, it certainly looks as if it's if it's as if it's going there. Um, my own personal view on it is that the guys who were in the the Jags Foundation um, actually signed up for it and was getting emails, but they weren't very forthcoming with information. I, I didn't know who was who, and that there wasn't much coming in terms of what their plans were or or, or what they wanted to do. Um, I know fan ownership, uh, when you talk about it, it seems a great thing for stability of the football club. Um, and certainly, Partick Thistle definitely needs some investment. One one club that's that's done it well uh, is, is Hearts. But if you look at some of the other clubs that are under fan ownership, they, they don't strike me as, as if they've made any um, leaps and bounds uh, as a club and, and going forward um, and, and I think if we became a fan ownership club I, I don't see how it would benefit us uh, financially I, I know it would be great for the community and I know we'd have our own finances and we'd, we'd be a stable club but I feel that we'd maybe be bobbing about the, the championship in League One um, if, if we had that I don't see where the investment's coming from and I just wanted to see what your guys' thoughts uh, were on Well, you wouldn't expect me to let that pass without pointing out that Motherwell seem to make it work <laughs> pretty well and they seem to be happy with it and financially it's it's doing fairly um, well also. Um, but, but without making it all about that, Andy's right, there 
it's it's not been it's not going very smoothly over at Partick Thistle, and fans are starting to get yeah. a bit anxious about it. Andy's actually not necessarily one of them. He he thinks everyone should cool it a little bit. Well, I think this goes back to a statement from the Partick Thistle board about ten or eleven days ago, where they they basically confirmed that Three Black Cats, who are the company who were overseeing the interests of the late Colin Weir, the lottery winner who died, who wanted the, the club to go to fan ownership. They decided that they weren't going to gift the shares to the Jags Foundation, as they, they thought was decided and was agreed. Um, the problem is that we don't know, for obvious reasons, what Colin Weir feels about the Jags Foundation and his kind of his business associate with Jackie Lowe, who's now the chair of Partick Fistle, and she obviously doesn't like the cut of the jib of the Jags Foundation. And the Jags Foundation say, well, hang on a minute, that's not your decision to make. So... You know, it's, it's becoming a bit of an unholy mess. I think Andy's right. I think the timing is less than ideal. Um, it would be better kept to the end of the season. But I think even amongst the Jags Foundation, there is an acceptance of that because I think, what was it, Andy? It was about 500 fans signed <coughs> that, that, that open letter. Um, 542, I think. 542, yeah. So, I mean, so there's obviously a, a, a strong number there, but I think most have probably decided now to kick this into the long grass until the, until the playoffs are out of the way. So that's probably wise. I would have thought one of the bigger issues for party just now is the pitch. It definitely doesn't help, guys, uh, the performance. I mean, we're a team, uh, when our pitch was looking good, we like to knock the ball about. Um, we're pretty good at it as well. Uh, Tiff getting down the wing and getting the crosses in, but... I hate to say that the park's been the reason for it, but going to watch the going to watch the match, we're just playing the long ball, and uh, you know I know other teams need to come and play that as well. But um, our style of play under Ian McCall's been can I get it on the deck and play it about? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, I mean Tiff likes to get down the wing, and he is one of the four nominees for Championship Player of the Year. Scott Tiffany of Partick Thistle in there with Kyle Lafferty. Of Kilmarnock And they are both Duo Michael McKenna And Thomas O'Brien Is your man Worthy of a, a Top 4 place Andy? I think he is yeah, I think he could great Matt I mean I think Lafferty would win it uh, He's definitely Kind of turned that season Around for Kilmarnock But Tiff's certainly up there um, one, one of the unsung heroes I think of this season Has been uh, Lewis Mayo I don't think he gets enough credit For the, the for the job That he's he's came in And done for us At the back there um, he's carried us through games at times when there's been pressure on him. He's not really put a foot wrong. Um, I think he's played most games as well. Um, so I, 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 Gordon Duncan raised this point earlier, so don't point fingers at me. But should a player, Kyle Lafferty, who signed in January, win Player of the Season for Championship? Twelve league games, Andy. Twelve. Eight, eight, eight goals in his last twelve. Mate, to be oh, fair. Oh, does well. that does that just say how good he's been in those twelve yeah, games? His fellow pros have voted. What do you make of that, Andy? Eh, I, I still think he's going to win it um, Tiff has, Tiff's been great for us uh, There's no doubt about it um, I think without him and the team uh, we, we, we wouldn't be chasing for a playoff uh, place and, and I hope we keep him I hope the board managed to um, I think I might be wrong there But I was under the impression His uh, contract might be up at the end of the season And I certainly would be thinking There's other clubs looking at him, at him as well uh, So I'd like to see us getting him tied down uh, for a couple of years Because he's been He's been phenomenal for us See it's, We just cover all bases Up comes a Partick Thistle fan We've got a Partick Thistle legend In the studio Are you going that far? <laughs> I don't know about that Wait, wait where is he? Probably <laughs> <laughs> Stephen I have to I have to think back to Talk about the pitch at Fur Hill 
uh, coming towards the end of my career, we, we were sharing with the Warriors. That's right, yeah. Uh, who yeah. played the Friday night. <laughs> and then we played the Saturday. The pitch was an absolute disgrace. Yet, it might even have been better then than it is now. Well, I haven't seen it, but the sharing of the pitch hasn't been ideal. And as, as uh, Andy points out there, Collie's always, his teams have always wanted to play football. So it can't help. And, you know, as a, a former player of party, I want to see them. You know, get up, but they've, they've kind of stuttered over the last few weeks. Are you having that, Kyle Lafferty? Twelve league games and nominated for player of the year. Bearing in mind, it's the fellow pr- aye, players that vote for it. The players that vote for it, they it's appreciate it? the fe- the effect that he's had coming in. Did you see eight goals in twelve games? Yeah. He's so obviously helped Kilmarnock because uh, it wasn't even the start of the window. Like, you know, it was the end. Mm-hmm. That's what's led to the fact that it's twelve games. Um, I guess fourteen by the end of the. The season and you never know. Come Friday night, maybe he scores the goal. But pop up the, yep. yeah, what a game that's going to be! Incredible, yeah, isn't it? I was speaking 13, to, to today it? around that at Rugby Park on Friday night. If our broth win or no, because our broth it gets taken to the last day. Everybody thought our broth had dropped off. Yeah, you know, and they've, they've bounced back at the weekend there after Kilmarnock slipping up. So it's okay. Kelly, Kelly had the harder last game. I think I think a day away to Dave Rovers or something. I can't remember. But yeah, yeah. broth at home to Morton. Yeah, let's hear from Kyle Lafferty. Then he's been nominated for that Player of the Year as we said, only signed January. Um, but you know they are on the brink of promotion. He says that's the only prize he's focused on, and believes Derek McInnes could guide the club to the top six next campaign. I didn't come back to Kilmarnock to hit personal targets or get nominated or, or win Player of the, the Year in the Championship. It's I came back to win the league with Kilmarnock and that's first and foremost anything else comes with it is a bonus for me and bonus for the club their premiership, te- their premiership team everyone knows that that they have a chance to play in the premiership against Rangers and Celtic and Hearts next season um, some players might never get a chance to do that again in their careers so um, we can't let it slip out of our hands we're in a good position so we have to do everything to, to get there probably one of the best managers in the league for me he's probably one of the best managers I've worked under if we get, promo- if we, if we get promoted he has new budget he'll have his new he'll have his own ideas own players to bring in so um, I think the, the board needs to trust him um, with what he obviously needs to do and wants to do so there's no reason why we can't be a top six side yeah what an occasion that is going to be on Friday night Kilmarnock against their both talking around about 13,000 fans under the lights we keep Getting complaints from Kelly fans That they're hopeless when they're on TV mm. So they hope that the, the curse doesn't strike again But they have been uh, pretty impressive at home So that'll be good fun Thank you Andy Who is a Thistle fan from Drumchapel I think that pretty much brings us to a close We said it's not been a quiet midweek Stephen Far from it The VAR and, and Sean Maloney mm. and all the rest of it And there we are We didn't even get round to those Ron Gordon clips Which I will play tomorrow Because they're really good um, But from here on in We're expecting just a nervous wait to the weekend to resume the, the title race and other a couple of midweek issues. A couple of midweek cards, isn't yeah. there? And then and the, the top six spots. So, absolutely, it's the only show in town. Um, although, you know what? Relegation issues, promotion for the championship. Fantastic end to the season prospect. Yeah, it's going to be great. Let's see if we can round off this teaser before we go anywhere. So, just a reminder if you want to send a question in in the future, it's very straightforward. It's fulltime at Clyde1.com. That is the address that you need to get in touch. Uh, that's what Chris did tonight. And his question is pretty simple. We're looking for the last 10 players to play for Celtic and Hibs. How many have you got so far? You've got Henderson times two. Commons, Brown, Griffiths, Allen, Scott Allen, Anthony Stokes and Effie Ambrose Which you are indeed correct, it means you've got two to get The well is dry Oh really? Any from you? No 
Okay. Um, Clues. Clue time already. I'm going to try and make them obscure. Don't make them too easy <laughs> just yet. All right. He currently doesn't play for either, uh-huh. but does play for one of our biggest clubs out with Glasgow. Think north of the country. Oh. So you're now looking for a Celtic Hibs Aber- an Aberdeen, Aberdeen connection. Yeah. This should be easy, shouldn't it? Mm, maybe. With part uh, of that Dylan really... McGeer. Yes. Oh, well genius, done, Dylan McGeer. And the last one, the most difficult by a mile, because he only played 44 minutes for Celtic. Against Hibs, though, would you believe? Right. And he's now. Is he in Germany? Yeah, he's in Germany, I think. Mark Fotheringham, no? No, he's gone to Germany via Dingwall and Hull. That's quite a journey. <laughs> he played, what, 44 <laughs> minutes for Celtic? You're having a laugh. Seriously. You can make a movie about this guy. He's an, he's an Australian who went to Dingwall, oh, Hull and now Jackson Germany. Irvin. Jackson Irvin. Played uh, 44 minutes for Celtic. Apparently yeah. so. Against Hibs. There we go. Uh, thank you very much to Simon Donnelly. And Stephen McGowan, they won't mind me saying the biggest thanks goes to you for all your calls, your tweets and to those of you who just listen quietly at home. We appreciate it all. It's been a very busy show again with VAR and Sean Maloney and title race on the mind. Who knows what tomorrow will bring. We have recruited Marvin Bartley to replace Mark Wilson tomorrow who's on his holidays. And this is going to be really good because I think it's the first time we've had Marvin Bartley and Gordon DL together since Gordon DL kept calling him Martin <laughs> on air, right? which won't surprise anyone listening. So we've got them back together tomorrow. Make sure you tune in for that at six o'clock. And in the meantime, you can stay right there because Callum Gallagher is up next. 